Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord is good. Oh, I've got his, I've got his outline again. Praise God. I don't know, ever since, I'm sure I did it to David over in uh, the former Soviet in Russia. David mentioned it the other day, and I just appreciate him so much because when I started traveling throughout Ukraine and Russia, I had, uh, I was running on the invitations of pastors who we had met in Minsk, Belarus in 93 through Kenneth Hagin's ministry. Their uh, leader, his name was Dave Esla, had opened a book publishing in Minsk, and Kenneth Hagin had it from the Lord to print six million books. So this was 93, March. Uh, Dave went through Titusville, Pennsylvania on his way to Penn State to preach, and his car broke down, and that's how we met. And... Uh, so, you know, the Lord works good things out of problems. Amen? So I got a fax about a month later, and he invited me to this conference in uh, Belarus. So Bruce Latibu and I flew over there for the first time, totally ignorant of what we would encounter. And we had uh, a, a theater full of over 600 pastors from all over the Soviet Union. And they all wanted any American they could to come visit them. I had more invitations than my life could fulfill. And I was off in Siberia somewhere. I'll never forget it. I mean, I had a visitation of the Lord. And the Lord, you know, my, the Lord showed me from Scripture. What, what did Peter do when Jesus filled his boat? And it was sinking. He called for his partners to come alongside and help fill their boats. And so the Lord said, you know, call for your partners and, and just give them regions. Just, just give them regions. So I, I grabbed, I think, I think Bill was first. Well, Bob was first, I think. Yeah, took Bob over to fulfill the prophecy on his life. And then Bill Hake. Then Bill Hake. And then David. And, uh, oh, David took to it like fish to water. Glory to God. What a blessing. And uh, he's, he, he and Barb have developed so many strong relationships over there. And it I just, just so fills me with joy. And uh, I really appreciate that, David, because it's not easy. People, they hear about going over those places, you know, how it's like it's a vacation. Yeah, that ain't no vacation. That's, that's uh, the wilderness challenge. Hallelujah. And... Uh, well, there's some funny stories, but we don't have enough time to tell them all. But one of the things I always like to do, I don't know if I did it to David. I know I did it to Bill Hake. He was getting ready to preach, you know, to this Bible school, and he was all excited, worshiping the Lord. And I looked down, and his Bible was on the, the pew, so I took it and hid it in my bag. <laughs> he never told you that. You know, that kind of stuff, just, just, to, just to get him going, you know. I, I, I like to provoke, you know, see if they got it in him, you know. But uh, they kept going, and uh, amen. So, Lord, we bless you for our time today. We're so thankful for Pastor David and that we can live by faith 
that whosoever shall say, Lord, that's us, that's us. So teach us, cause us to come up a step. We bless you for it. Anoint Pastor David like never before. Draw out of his, the deepest parts of his heart, the wealth of the incarnate word that is in him, that's been beaten on the anvil of life. We thank you. We receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come and bless us, Pastor. I didn't steal your Bible. No, you did. <laughs> Amen. Well, praise God. We do have a lot of good memories from our traveling together. And uh, first church I experienced in Russia was in Niobrisk, up in the Arctic Circle, you know. And uh, cold and snowy, right? <laughs> but the, I wasn't prepared for that. I just We walked in there, and they, they were worshiping the Lord, and the Holy Spirit was so th- thick. It's a good word to use. The presence of God was there. I couldn't stand. I just laid on the floor. And that's where God spoke to me and said, I want you to be part of what I'm doing it, with the Russian-speaking people of the world. So... Since then, I've made 25 trips. I probably would have made more, but my wife won't let me. No, I'm just teasing. She's been with me on several of them as well. But God will use you if you're available. Can I hear an amen? amen. I had, you know, when I, we, I just, I, I did mission trips before. I've been to India a bunch of times. I've been to Poland and Puerto Rico. Where I, I don't, just a bunch of places preaching the gospel. But, uh, and it's not a glorious lifestyle. You know, who likes living out of a suitcase? It's work. But when God puts a desire in your heart to do something, it just changes the whole scenario. Amen? And that's what he did in my life. And, you know, I, it's, it's been good. Hallelujah. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, as we wind up here today, it's been my pleasure to teach and preach faith to you all week. I trust faith has come. It came, whether you realize it or not, amen? It went right over your head, I don't know. But I'm a sower of the word, and we've been sowing the word. And if you have ears to hear, like Jesus said, you'll get something out of it. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever percent you want, you can get out of the word. I want a hundredfold, amen, on the word that's sown in my life. And we found out from this verse that God is faithful, no matter what we're facing, what kind of trials, tribulations. And again, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Oh. Paul said, but thanks be unto God, which always causes me to triumph in Christ. Again, we, we get attacked, we come under whatever, but we don't lose. Amen. We are more than conquerors through Christ because God is faithful. And when you get that revelation, he's faithful, it'll stir your faith to trust in his word because he does not lie. Men will lie to you. God will not lie. The whole universe would have to just collapse if God lied. It would just become one big vacuum. Are you with me? You talk about a black hole. <laughs> Everything because. He upholds all things by the power of his word. Amen. Hallelujah. So anyhow, 
A quick review. You know, I talked about how that <clears throat> everything's moving real quickly in the realm of the spirit, I believe. See, God is light, and light travels 186,000 miles per second. That's pretty fast. <laughs> so fast you can't see it moving. Amen? And in this room, in the realm of the spirit, it's moving that fast. And I believe when we speak words, words go into that realm and cause the molecules and things to slow down and whatever, and we see manifestations. That's how I view faith. I'm tapping into that realm with words, God's word, because the things that he created from his word respond to his word even to this day. Amen? And my body, it was made from the earth. It was made from his word. So my body has to respond are you with me? Yeah. Amen. That's why I speak over my body. That's James tells us we need to do that. Amen. What else did we talk about? We talked about so much stuff, didn't we? <laughs> Again, there's always a way of escape, according to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And if you learn to hear the voice of the Spirit of God, He'll tell you. He'll show you. He will unveil the way of escape. And that's good news. So, I, you know, I, we can become like the Apostle Paul and say, shoot your best shot. God's grace is sufficient for me. I'm going to get through this situation. Because when I'm at my weakest point, then the power of God is released in my situation. Because, you know, God's going to get all the glory out of that situation. And you don't learn that overnight, but you'll learn it eventually. That it's His grace, amen. And your faith in that grace that brings about the changes that you're desiring. Amen. <clears throat> what else I want to say? Uh, I'm, today I want to talk to you about being led of the Spirit. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, an evangelist years ago, he said, people say, I, I want to feel led. He says, why don't you put a piece of lead in your pocket and carry it around? <laughs> no, you don't have to feel led. We're to be led. Amen. Yeah. And God wants to lead us in those paths of righteousness for his sake. Amen. So we need to learn to hear the voice of God because God's voice or his word will bring faith to your life situation. I remember when I, years ago, I, was, I began to support Kenneth Hagin ministry. Someone gave, I talked about the books he, this lady gave us, and I got on these mailing lists, and back, that's back in the day when the Word of Faith magazine was just one page. <laughs> I remember opening the mailbox, and I'm walking back to my apartment where I lived at that time, and they had just put on there that they were going to start a school called Rama. And as soon as I read that, I heard God say, you're going to go to that school. I'm thinking, really? <laughs> now, you have to understand, I was raised in a minister's home, a pastor's son, a PK. Born when my parents were going to Bible school. I've been in church all my life. I could probably count on one hand how many times I've not been in church on a Sunday in my life. And a lot of that was due to the military. Are you with me? I'm a church person. I believe in the church. <laughs> like I said, I had a drug problem, remember? They, parents drug me to church all the time. And where am I going with this story? <laughs> Rama. <laughs> Back up. Rewind the tape here. I lost where I was going. <laughs> yes. And my immediate reaction was, I don't want to go to Rama because I don't want to become a pastor. Because I lived in a pastor's home. I see what's, 
the behind the scenes, all the phone calls, all the stuff that goes on. You don't see Sunday morning when you're standing up here and you say, oh, well, I like to be there. There's a lot of stuff you deal with, you know, amen, in that sheep pen. There's a lot of stuff in the sheep pen. You, most of you are preachers here today. You know what I'm talking about. And so, I, I, in fact, we, I'd go to youth camp every year uh, in our denomination. We had a youth camp. And when they would give the altar call for those who wanted to commit their life, Lord, I said, no way. Because I go up there, God's going to probably call me to Zimbabwe or someplace like that. You know what I'm talking about? So, so I was running from God until I was about 26 years old. And I finally submitted. And that's when, the, you know, he said, you're going to go to Ramah. I had a business at that time, had five employees. I was doing real well. I always tell people I used to buy cars with cash in those days. Of course, they only cost about $3,500 in those days. <laughs> Amen. But I had to submit to it, God, because God began to put a desire in my heart to go to that school. And so it was a one year went by, and by that time I wrapped things up, got things organized, the business and everything else, and I moved, packed up the babies, grabbed the old ladies, and we went. There was a song, something like that, years ago. <laughs> and thank God that I followed that path because, you know, God has done much through my life because of hearing him, hearing his voice, and that caused me to have faith that he would provide. The steps of the Lord are ordered by the... Our steps are what? Are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in our paths. Amen. Go to Matthew 10, chapter here, verse 27. Matthew 10, 27. At that time of my life, I was, again, I had a business. I was doing real well. Uh, didn't think, wasn't really, I was actually playing in a Jesus rock band, too. I forgot about talking about that. <laughs> we were back in the, the good old days where we'd pull up the churches, and some churches wouldn't let us come in because we had drum sets. Things have changed, aren't you? Aren't you glad they've changed? Hallelujah. But uh, people would walk out on us. <laughs> Here in Matthew 10, is everybody there? I'm, fi I'm finally getting it. My, my, let's do that. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in the light, and what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Um, what I started saying was, during that time of my life, I was, I was delighting myself in the Lord. I, you know, I didn't want to be a pastor, didn't want to be in the ministry, but I, I wanted to serve the Lord in whatever capacity that I could. In fact, my dad was a pastor. I, did, I drove the, the church bus. I taught a, a class. I did whatever needed to be. I even vacuumed the church. So that's not a glorious job. Can you clean the toilets? And God, God looks for people like that. You want to get God's attention, just start sacrificing something. He's a consuming fire. He's drawn to sacrifices. People say, well, I don't feel the presence of God in my life. Well, do something. And see if you don't get his attention. He's drawn to that. Just like you and I are. If someone's doing we want to be around those people because they're, they're helping us. Amen? And so I was doing some things I didn't even realize I was doing as far as principles in the Word of God. And one of the things I was doing was 
praying a lot in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Studying the Word. and Like I said, I was listening to Kenneth Hagin. In fact, I have Kenneth Hagin on Real to Real. I still have him. <laughs> Someone said, what's a Real to Real? <laughs> yes, Bob, he knows. <laughs> you know, listening to the Word, building my faith. In fact, I was a youth pastor at my dad's church, and I'd make the youth sit there and listen to Kenneth Hagin. I thought it was the greatest thing since... Since Jesus came to the earth. Are you with me? I'd make him listen to it. And I was just delighting myself in the Lord. And God began again, put his desires in my heart for things. And he changed my whole attitude where I wanted to go and be trained for the ministry. And it was not a struggle anymore. So that's just a little clue there. But this verse says, what God reveals to us in secret or in the dark places... Then we can take what he speaks to us in that realm and shout it from the rooftops. A lot of people are out there shouting from the rooftop and never got anything in the secret place. And they make a lot of noise. But when God begins to speak to you in his dark places, as King James says, you know, take that and meditate on it. Let it be part of your, your very life and being. And you, it'll, he'll bring you to a place where you can shout it from a rooftop. And I've watched God do this in my own life. And I, it, what, what I like about it, I know it's not me because I stuttered at one point in my life. In fact, I almost flunked English in my senior year of high school because I refused to stand up in front of the class and do a speech. I said, give me the F. I don't care. I'll take the F. And they gave me an F. <laughs> Well, hallelujah. But see, <laughs> aren't you glad God can take what we have? And if we just say, use it, he'll take it and make something out of it. Now, I, I've, I've been in front of people. It doesn't bother me a bit to get in here today. I'm not the least bit nervous because I have a Bible in front of me. And my grace is in that realm of preaching. I'm an oracle gift. You understand what that is? Peter called us oracles, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And man, I just, just like, it's like my supernatural. I just, that's why I listen to myself when I preach. Because it amazes me. That's me. Talking to these folks and not stuttering and carrying on. Amen. But you need to have sanctuary in your life. How's that? Sanctuary in your life. In fact, God spoke in the Old Testament between the wings of the cherubim. Did you ever read that in the tabernacle? And it was that silent space, we might say, between the, the angels, the cherubims, that God would speak to Moses. And sometimes we, we are so noise-oriented that we don't hear what he's saying. When Jesus cast out the money changers, we're familiar with that story. In fact, that's from Mark 11, 23 and 24. That's in that same passage where he had cast them out of the temple and he went back in and he overthrew the money changers. And he, he rebuked them. He said, you, you've made my house a, what, den of thieves. This is supposed to be my father's house is the house of prayer. 
And, it, I, you know, I think he was upset because of the money and all that thing. That's a whole other subject. But I think the thing that really got Jesus upset was people couldn't hear God speak through the cherubims because there's too much noise in the temple. Sometimes it's times we have too much noise in our life to hear what God's saying. Amen? So I encourage you, especially you, you that are called to God to be an oracle and have a word for the body of Christ, to have a sanctuary in your life where you, you if it's, you know, if you had to just get away somewhere to hear God. In fact, I mentioned this yesterday or the day before when the word of knowledge first began to operate in my life. And I, the young man, you know, I said, somebody has an earache and there's only 15 people there. So your odds aren't too good about, you know, for a thousand people, maybe somebody have an earache. And the man responded, God, I said, come on up here. And he laid hands on him and he was instantly healed. Man, I said, bless God, I can't wait the next church service. And the next service, uh, at the, after I preached, man, all of a sudden I heard every disease that's out there. And that was trying to get me confused. So I said, Lord, I need to know how to hear your voice clearly. Because the Bible says there's many voices out there. There's a lot of things coming at us. And we're going to look here at Samuel here this afternoon. In fact, uh, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, where he heard God speak to him, but he had to learn to discern it. How's that? The New Testament tells us that, that Satan transforms himself into a minister of light. Satan can sound a little bit like God. In fact, he can even quote the word, quote. He misquotes it, though, doesn't he? He does misquote. That's why you need to know what the word says. You know that one of the, one of the examples I was thinking of when Jesus uh, was being tempted by the devil, and uh, he said, "It is written." And and the devil said to him, "You know that the, the devil started quoting the word." And he said, "You know, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone." Less at any time. And it doesn't say that any time. You can't. God's just not going to any time keep you. You've got to be walking in the spirit. But he misquoted that to Jesus. Of course, Jesus knew what it didn't say less at any time. Are you with me? That's, a, that's another subject altogether. First Samuel. Is everybody there by now? You guys are fast. You got a quicker... Uh, iPad that I got. Amen. See, we need to hear God's voice. Because God is a speaking God. How's that? In fact, he told the Corinthians, Paul said, we don't have a, we don't serve a dumb idol. We serve a God who speaks. He does that through the gifts, the spirit. He speaks through the, the word, the written word of God. He speaks through the spoken word of God. He's speaking. We had to hear. That's why he said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 1 of chapter 3. We all together here now. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. It was, the, the word of the Lord was valuable. It wasn't spoken much. God wasn't saying much to them. Because they were, in, they were you read the story here, they were backslidden. How's that? 
nasty stuff going on. Eli's sons were fornicating in the temple. A mess. Sounds like some of our churches nowadays, doesn't it? And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place that his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out to the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. For thou didst call me, and he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. In other words, he wasn't familiar with God's voice at this point yet. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. Aren't you glad God doesn't give up on us? And he arose and went to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that he... The Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. It shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, for I'm listening. How's that? Now, if you studied the temple area at that time, it was built very specifically. I mean, even the steps up to the temple area were of different measurements. You just didn't run into the temple. You had to carefully approach the temple. It's pretty neat we get into that kind of study. We'll let uh, our brother here yesterday, Zach, deal with that, right? Amen? He, I think he likes that kind of stuff. <laughs> but actually, Samuel... Uh, was actually sleeping pretty near where the Ark of the Covenant was. And God was speaking to him, probably from that silent space, we may say that empty space between the wings of the cherubim. Amen. I'll say it this way. We can only see and hear God with our faith. Because it takes faith to have God to speak to us out of that space of silence. I would say this, most problems that we have in life are because we don't know how to listen and we're not hearing. They say 60% of business problems, talking about naturally speaking, are the result of people not listening. Amen? We need to hear what God is saying. I got so many notes here, I got too many pages. You'd be glad I have notes so we'd go here all day. This keeps me in time frame. But again, the lamp had almost gone out in the temple. And Samuel wasn't familiar with God's voice. Speak, for thy servant heareth. I would say this today in our modern religious culture. We, it, it's different. We would say, listen, God, for thy servant speaketh. I'm not traveling anybody's toes here today, but... You know, much of our prayer is us talking and not listening. And I think we think that we're not heard unless there's much speaking. Like the religious people of Jesus' day that. And that's what they were doing. 
I'll challenge you sometime to not talk so much, but listen when you're, quote, praying in your dark place, over that secret place. It's hard for us to just sit and be quiet. Now, I thank God. It's easier for me because of my personality. You, know, you ever study personality traits? We have verbal people and we have task-oriented people, you know, and there's different variations of all those things. I'm very task-oriented. I like to do something with my hands, build something, and I'm not a yacker so much. Why are we supposed to say yes? Amen. <laughs> she balances me out, though. <laughs> and so it's easier for me, and I thank God for that, because I've been around some They just don't shut up. I want to say, do you like to hear your voice, or what is it? But we need to have places that we can have that secret place so we can hear God and we can come out and shout it from the rooftops. I mean, there's things that I've preached before that I didn't hear from God. I heard just someone else preach it and I'd get up there and try to shout it from the rooftop. And it would, But when God speaks something to you and gives you a revelation or understanding, man, in that secret place, you can shout it out. And people know the difference. Amen. Listen, God, for thy servant speaketh. No. Amen. In fact, the first commandment, you know, I'll just challenge you. What, what do you think the first commandment is? We, we think it's love the Lord, the God, with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But it's not. It's, it's hear, O Israel. That's the first commandment. Hear, O Israel. We have to hear because faith only comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And again, it does take more time or more discipline to listen than to talk. They tell us even in a natural conversation, most stay in the conversation for only seven seconds. You're talking to somebody, you're just, you're, you're listening seven seconds and you're going off thinking what you're going to say back. And you're, in fact, uh, there's some more statistics in that realm as well. Let me, I think I wrote them down here. They said, uh, scientists did a study on this, and he said this. <laughs> if someone's eye is blinking once every three to four seconds, that means they're listening. If it's every ten seconds, they're really listening. So next time I'm talking to you, I'll go, get my watch. No, I wouldn't do that. It's important that we listen. The Roman emperor Frederick in the 13th century he wanted to know what the original language was. So he secluded a whole bunch of babies and put them in a big room somewhere. They were not influenced by any adults, never heard talking, never heard singing or anything, and they all died eventually. There was no communication. We need communication, but we need to be Hearers, not just talkers. How's that? And our dialogue with God is necessary because Jesus put it this way. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we need to learn to hear so that we can live. Again, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. E.W. Tozer, have you ever read any of his books? 
He says the divine lies in obscurity. Again, as charismatic, sometimes we we like the more noise we can generate. And don't get me wrong, there's a time for noise. To everything under heaven, there's a season. There's a time for shouting and praising God. Amen. But there's also time to just be quiet. Can you imagine those Israelites walking around the walls of Jericho? What did they have to do? Be quiet. Don't say nothing. Well, that must have been tough. Amen. Especially you look at those walls and but they came down. Amen. Amen. We need to learn to listen as well as talk. Ronald Reagan, I believe, is probably one of the greatest presidents we ever had. If you don't like that, that's too bad. <laughs> but he had a, an un, unknown housewife who sang at his inauguration. She sang the Star Spangled Banner. They were interviewing her children after the, the, the event, and they said, we always hear her singing, but this is the first time we really listened. It's important that we hear. Another famous person, General George Custer. He's what? It was our, yeah, he's related to Dale. <laughs> but you know the story of Little Big Horn, where they were all massacred. The Indian women went there and they pierced General Custer's ear so that he could hear better in the next life. <laughs> they assume he didn't hear right, and he didn't. He wasn't listening. Let's go to James here, some verses here in the Scripture here. I've been give you a lot of facts and figures, but the book of James says it this way. James chapter 1. What was that? <laughs> yes, if you know your Bible. Oh, I'll wear your Bible out. You know, I can do that. <laughs> you get a new Bible, I'll, have, I'll wear it out for you. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That means test trials, tribulations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Aren't you glad that you can work your patience? How many like to work your patience? We were sitting in a traffic jam on the way down here. Barbara's working her patience. <laughs> How'd you make up, Pastor? You have more faith than I got, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but let patience have its perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I like that verse. Now he says, remember the context here, tests, trials, tribulations, problems, amen, afflictions. If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Again, that word upbraideth not means God's not going to say you stupid thing. That's what it simply means. He's not going to say, well, you dumb thing, don't you know? No, he wants us to know. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. There's our faith subject. You can't be... Going back and forth, amen. For he that waveth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we are to ask for wisdom when we're going through tests and trials. I wonder how many people do that. I know I do. Man, when I get attacked, 
I'm saying, God, I want to hear your voice. What's my way of escape here? How do I get out of this, you know, that I'm able to bear it, as it says in the King James Version. I want to give God glory out of this situation. If the devil's going to attack my house, he's going to be sorry he did. Because I'm going to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Just like you are. Amen. But you need to ask for wisdom. I, I you know, the, my best def, definition, and I don't know where I got this, but wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. We said earlier, the first day here, that you can't have faith without knowledge. So when you get knowledge or you hear God's word, which is his knowledge, then you need to know how to use that word in a situation. <laughs> Again, it, pastoring. I remember I, my first invitation. I came back from Rama. We had a little Bible study of about 10 people in my trailer. Packed them in there, you know. Babies in that time, you know, just... You, some of you know what I'm talking about. You, you're so hungry for the Word, you just want to see God do a great thing. And uh, I got an invitation somewhere to speak somewhere. I was like, oh, man, I'm, I got my first invitation. And I went to this group somewhere, and uh, I preached the Word. I don't remember what I preached. It probably didn't sound too good back in those days. I wasn't as, as skilled. But uh, <laughs> my heart was right. But at the end, I began to pray for the sick. And they lined up there just like Brother Hagin that has them lined up, you know. And I started laying hands on them, and they're all falling over. I said, hallelujah. It was neat. You know, quiet here. I was excited, man. People were falling over. This is, you, 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 the anointing is there. You didn't, poof, you know, people, some of you don't know what that's about, I guess. I don't know. And uh, we were renting, we began to rent a uh, firehouse, basement of a firehouse. We had some tremendous services in that place. I remember one time the whole floor was wet from the presence of God and the rain of the Spirit. Just the war got, the floor was wet. But anyhow, <laughs> I, I like them. Those, those were some of the good old days. So I said, well, I'm going to start praying for more people here at our church service here in the basement of this firehouse. And I'd line them up there, and nobody would fall over. And you say, well, what's next? I said, well, God, I need wisdom. What's, what's going on here? He said, buy a carpet. Now, some of you thought it, he was going to say, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost 10 hours a day. And he said, buy a carpet. I bought a carpet, laid that there in front of the church there in the basement where we had chairs lined up. And, man, people started falling from that moment on. They still fall over. Hallelujah. But see, it was wisdom. I needed some wisdom. Some of you probably wouldn't have heard that because you expected something different. God's so practical at times. He knew, the Holy Ghost didn't want these people falling on that dirty old concrete floor. They, they come there dressed up, you know. So, buy a carpet. Hallelujah. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am the Lord. Again, we need to have those quiet times where we hear God. He's speaking. We just aren't hearing. 1 Kings 19.12, the story of Elijah. Remember, he had, ran, had run from 
Jezebel, and he's worn out. He's in a cave, and he's complaining to God about, I'm the only one out there serving you. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah, we've all had that temptation to go that way. And what happens? A fire comes by. Winds come by. And he's waiting for God to speak. And finally, God speaks in a still, small voice. I'll just say that I believe God speaks in that manner more than he does with the thunder that he did when the Israelites came out to that. Remember that? They wanted to hear God like Moses. And (laughs) Moses brought them all out there. And God began to thunder and lightning. They said, Moses, you talk to God for us. Never mind. That's still a small voice. It's just, it's, in fact, we're New Testament saints. we got that voice inside of us now. I would suggest also pray a lot in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues. Build yourself up upon your most holy faith. Edify yourself. That means to charge as a battery. Amen? You, your spirit man needs charge. You need to be tuned up and tuned in. And God begins to speak. Go to Ecclesiastes here with me. This is a, a familiar passage. Just to, I like to give you chapters and verses on this. To everything there is a season. Turn, turn, turn. I think, I think the birds sang that, right? Is that the birds? I'm trying to date some of you here. You say, what, what's a bird? <laughs> <laughs> to everything, turn, turn, turn. Da, da, da. Got you thinking. But notice what it says here. <laughs> In verse 7 A time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. So there are times we speak in our prayer life, but there's also times we need to be silent. You know, it, I guess it depends on how much you really think you need to hear God. I don't know. I've been in situations where I had to hear the word of the Lord. And I got it in written form. Thank God I can read my Bible. Amen. But I thank God for the Holy Ghost. So take what's already written. I mean, I had a verse one time. <laughs> there was a situation I guess I can tell that here. I don't think the person over here, I won't mention any names. I do like Dale talk about the third person like he did last night. (laughs) But uh, a church situation where someone was really opposing me in the church, one of my staff members, this is way back, and uh, they thought that I should step down and I should be the apostle and they'll be the, the pastor. That was the issue at that time. And it was a group meeting. They started planning this all out. So I got away to hear God's voice. I wanted to know what was going on. At that time, we probably had like 17 churches that were connected with us. And so I was very, very busy traveling, you know, preaching three, usually three times every Sunday somewhere. That's back in the 80s when everybody was on fire and wanted to hear the word. Remember that? Those days? And uh, good days. Good old days. <laughs> Thank God we were younger too, amen, to do all that. So anyhow, uh, it, it turned out this, this whole situation got to my attention, and, and we actually had to have a, a meeting 
a public meeting. I called the congregation together where we had, where we had witnesses come up and say, this person was saying this and that, because division was happening. And we asked, I had to fire, I had to fire two individuals on my staff, an administrator and a worship leader. You worship leaders are tough. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> had to fire them. That's not easy when you fire someone that's in the body of Christ. But, you know, you can't, you got to cast out the scorner. You got to do it with the word. Amen. We did that. Meanwhile, there was still no repentance from the individuals. And the one brother's, I call him a brother, family was attacked terribly. In fact, his wife all but died, and they had a child that miscarried during this whole situation. I mean, just judgment. you you got to be careful when you start messing with God's anointed and what's going on. I'm just warning you. You know, you, you don't know. Just keep your mouth shut and pray. And, and I, was, I was there, and I got the news of the situation, and I, I started sort of rejoicing. That, you got them, God. You did good on this one. That'll teach them to, and I heard the Holy Spirit say something. He says, don't rejoice when your enemy falls. You know, there's a verse in the Bible and Psalms that talks about that. I didn't even know that verse was in the Bible. And man, I made an adjustment quickly. And I said, Lord, forgive me. In fact, I said, Lord, please don't let her die. Not worth it. It's not worth it. And, and the judgment evidently stopped. She, was, she lived. The baby did pass on. But I, had, I knew I was that thing like Moses had a, that time where he was called to. He was in that situation. Similar. Always go the way of love if you can. Amen. But that verse came out of a verse I didn't even know was it's Psalms. I, forget, I should have it written down to you. But don't rejoice when your enemy falls. And I was doing that, and the Lord corrected me. And I thank God he did get my attention, because, you know, if I hadn't I kept that same attitude, it would come back on me. Amen? We learn anything here? i got a couple more minutes yet, so. It's important to hear God's word. He's talking. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. That should be our confession. How's that? Again, we're so busy. We're busy people. How many are busy like me? I'm retired, but I'm busier now than I was. <laughs> I told Bob, I think we, we organized our time more back in those when you, you, were, you, know, you had to. And just a lot of stuff to do, go places and so forth. And if you're not careful, you, you won't hear what God's saying. You know, he, we can avoid a lot of tragedy in our lives. Amen. He knows what's happening. He knows if someone's out there that's going to try to kill you in a car crash or whatever, you know, and say, go this other way. There's been times I'm driving down the road and the Lord says, go, get off this way and go this way. Okay, yes, sir. Be quick to obey. I don't need to know why. I figure something's happening out there. The devil's trying to set something up for me. I want to avoid it. Amen? Let's say this together. Speak, Lord. Because your servants hear. Amen. Open my ears to hear the word of the Lord. 
I'm a hearer of the word and I'm a doer of the word. And therefore, I'm blessed in all that I do. Amen. We covered a lot of ground here this past week, and we've been all over the place, really. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says that we all know this verse. He wants to give us, what, an expected end. He has plans and purposes for our lives. And we will stand someday and in judgment whether we did that or not. That is instill the fear of the Lord in your life. Amen. I want him to say, well done, David. I don't want to hear him say, well. Well. I want him to say, well done. Enter in for all the things I prepared for you. Amen. That's what I want to hear him say. Amen. And I want to walk in love and, and please him and live by faith like we've been sharing here all week because it takes faith to please him. I want to serve him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. And if it ever came to the fact that I had to be a martyr, I'd do that as well. I don't want to go that direction. I'm sort of a sissy when it comes to pain. Can I hear an amen? But I would do it. Are you with me? I was thinking about it was a Stephen was stone. Remember that? And it says, and Jesus stood up. He got a standing ovation. Because he walked in love. He said, don't lay it to the charge. Just like Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's got to be your attitude so your faith works for you all the time. And the devil tried to get you in strife. Because sometimes people are not easy to love. See beyond that. See the spiritual warfare that's going on. All right, I'm going to quit here. I'm going to give you an extra minute to take a break here. Amen? Again, Father, we thank you. You sealed the word in our heart this week. You sealed this word of faith to us. We thank you that we, are, we feel like we're privileged people to, to have been able to sit and to hear your words in the fashion that comes forth from this church and from the Armada Association. We thank you, Father. We are blessed coming in and blessed going out. In Jesus' name. Have you been blessed? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Apostle. I'll tell you what, I am honored to be with this young man, and uh, I am just so grateful for you. I believe we all are, but I know I certainly am. So uh, many people don't know this, but uh, this guy was one of my heroes before he knew who even I was. Uh, he come to a, a little city in Titusville, and I believe that uh, the winds of God blew and shifted, and, and lots of things changed in that little area because of the anointing in which he, he carries. So uh, I'm just thankful for you, my friend. So thankful. Amen. We have a, an amazing young man that I've watched grow up in the Lord, and him and his lovely wife, and... They, they pastor one of the finest churches in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Some of you might know him, all right? But when I look at him, I see the glory of God that shines upon his face, all right? And it just about blinds me. So I want you to get your sunglasses out, all right? So just be ready. And uh, Pastor Sidney's going to bring forth the word of the Lord to us here. <laughs> 